0: morning, guys. You're going to be I'm going to be this. on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. So we have a very big disadvantage. We record this podcast on Saturday because of the Twitch exclusivity, right? We have to wait 24 hours before it can go up on other platforms, which means we have the disadvantage about talking about Elon Musk bailing on the purchase of Twitter with less than 24 hours for all this news to have all come in. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation. We've been covering Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter pretty much since the get-go, and we have been speculating. One in our community, and actually someone that I know personally, has had the theory that this whole thing was just a scheme for Elon Musk to sell off assets such as his stock in Tesla without without causing Tesla's stock price to just plummet as a result, as well as possibly circumvent some other things. But, you know, it was kind of hard to show that seat as how it looked for the most part, although Elon looked like he was trying to find some way out bringing up the colossal amount of spam and robo accounts that are on Twitter, which, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. At this time, Elon Musk says he is bailing out of buying Twitter, talking about the false and misleading statements from Twitter, and also in regards to their actual user base. Now, if Elon can prove this, he's off scot-free. Otherwise, he has to pay... As per the agreement, $1 billion cash. Has what he found been evidence enough that Twitter is massively misleading people on how many accounts they have? If so, this can cause severe brand damage to Twitter. Keep in mind, keep in mind that Twitter's primary source of income is advertising revenue. One of the big things that drives how much ad revenue you can get for selling ads is how many eyeballs you have. If it is true that 20% of the numbers that Twitter says they have are fake, not real, and in fact, just accounts saying, just spamming out random messages, that severely hurts Twitter's primary source of income. But they have Twitter Blue in the subscription service. Yeah, nobody's buying that. Like, at all. Twitter Blue is still not a compelling reason. Now, is there the chance for Elon Musk to get back in? It's possible, but unlikely. I would... S- here, here's my... Here's what I think, alright? I'm going to take Elon Musk at face value. Because I do not have solid evidence to the contrary. I do believe, based on what information is in front of me, that he did genuinely want to buy the social media platform Twitter and that after digging found out that the value was nowhere near as high as he put the price down for it then having buyers or Morris he bailed out now there's a couple things wrong with that theory but that's what we're expected to leave right now by contrast Twitter did did in fact Give Elon Musk and his team complete access to what has been referred to as the fire hose. Meaning that his team, for the last few weeks, did have complete and total access to literally all the information that Twitter has. On all their accounts, on all the data stream, everything. They had access to it all. Now, for those who really want this deal to go through... If there is a genuine interest on Elon's behalf and it's not just a scheme to sell off assets and not get in trouble for it, I would not expect Elon Musk to try and get back in for another year or two. You got to let this cool down first before you try again, because otherwise you're it's just going to look very blatant what you're doing. You're bailing out and making a new deal. To get a lower price because the price of Twitter fell down. I seriously doubt Elon Musk would be that blatant in his behavior. But then again, this is the guy who rendered a pickup truck inside an N64. So I guess it is technically possible. We will just have to wait and see. The only other thing that has been certain right now is the fact that Twitter is going to be suing Elon Musk and the holding company. Oh, that's actually one other thing I should mention. A lot of people when this came down were uh very flabbergasted simply by the grounds of the phrasing being used is that Elon's advisors are going to Twitter saying that the merger is off. And everyone's like, "What merger?" Technically on paper, it was to be a merger between one of Elon Musk's holding companies and Twitter, that's how he would have gotten control. It's just like legal technicalities and how it go. But let's be perfectly honest. The moment you hear merger 99 times out of a hundred, it's someone buying the other out. It's not two handshaking together and saying, I look forward to working side by side with you as equals. No, <laughs> it's, it's never like that. Kind of like the merger between Microsoft and Blizzard. They're not going to be equals. It is absolutely going to be Microsoft running the show. By the way, that, that needs to happen. Like, Blizzard is just... They cannot run their own ship. They cannot run their own ship. In any case, Twitter is specifically instructing their employees not to tweet about Elon Musk's deal as they are planning a lawsuit against Elon Musk for backing out of the deal and damaging their brand. This should be a move... That should surprise exactly no one that can fog a mirror. I mean, is there much more to say about this? I mean, before anyone starts like, oh man, why is Twitter telling employees not to tweet about Elon Musk? Oh, they must know something. They must know something to tank the deal. No, they're just making sure no one says something stupid, real or otherwise that could be used as fodder inside a court of law. You know that whole, you have the right to remain silent thing? There's a reason you want to remain silent. Because you never know what inane, stupid thing you muttered out is going to be used as fodder against you. Someone in chat says we should merge streams. No. I like running my own show. I actually do. Like, even though I work full-time and do this whole whole streaming and podcasting thing part-time, I like being in charge of my own thing. I like being in charge. And actually, like, having full control over my stream. I also like having full control over my library my my whole media library my videos and whatnot mostly because this can happen sony playstation is removing purchase studio canal content from owners libraries all because of a licensing agreement problem that is starting to change with german and austrian users like those of us who are just like Very, very adamant about uh, complete control over over all our things. Like, everyone goes, like, oh, why the heck would you buy movies nowadays? Why would you buy a DVD? Why would you buy a Blu-ray? You can just stream it. It's so easy. This. This is why. This kind of nonsense right here. And, like, as much as I want to rip on Sony PlayStation for doing this, they're required to because of this exact same kind of nonsense. Like here, if you were to visit my apartment, you would probably laugh at me because one of the first things you'd see walking into the kitchen is a small little 12U rack server. And it's just sitting right there. It's, it's humming along. Most of it's off at most times, but it's just it's about fricking seven servers in one rack. Actually it's down to three now, but I digress. Why is it there? Because I run Plex. What is Plex? It is specifically to not deal with this. Someone in chat says right next to water. And so it's far enough away that um, it's in no risk. Like I say kitchen, but it's it's more in the dining room. But we don't really like use the dining room like at all. Like it's one of those that like yeah, the kitchen, the dining room, the living room are like all one room, but they're technically separate. Yeah, no, the servers are not in any danger from being exposed to water and smoke. They are not, trust me. I know what I'm doing, even though it may not look like it half the time. But anyway, digressing aside, stuff like the Plex Media Server, where you are basically just given control, give yourself the modern comforts of having streaming media, but giving you the full control to just use what you actually own. I am glad services like that exist specifically because of licensing agreements like this. Someone else in chat says, You're, but your servers are, are exposed to, to an annoyed roommate. Me and my roommate get along just fine, to be perfectly honest. That and uh, I have one huge benefit. I built the rack very well. As in, it's locked. I do need to rewire the back though, because it's right now just um, the actual wiring of everything is just done with spare Cat 5 I had laying around. I have a spool of Cat 6, and I want to go ahead and actually run, like, good, nice, straight lines, plug in every single Ethernet port, plug in the iDrax and everything, and everything would be perfectly, completely, and amazingly fine. That is my goal at the rack in the end, specifically so I can avoid companies like Sony just saying, yeah, you don't have your stuff anymore, lol. It's gone now never to be seen again. And by the way, in case you want to just go ahead and say, oh, that's just, that's, that's just Sony. That's just Sony. It's not like the other ones come up with that sort of problem too, right? Apple is facing a lawsuit because they were telling consumers they can buy movies and TV shows, even though technically the consumers can have that purchase content revoked. I mean, the judge is right. The judge is absolutely right. 100%. You technically aren't buying it, just like you aren't buying your games. You're buying a license to use them as long as they're available. Someone in chat says, if it is revoked, return the money. Yeah, that's how a perfect world would work. Unfortunately, we live in this world, which says that uh, they don't have to, because the licensing agreement says they don't have to, which, honestly, I still find... Really, 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 really obnoxious. Like, I cannot stress enough how much I hate it. Really do. Kind of like how uh, Ubisoft is shutting down their game servers for a bunch of games. All multiplayer services for a no 20 I'm sorry, a no 2070, Assassin's Creed 2, 3. The 2012 release of Assassin's Creed 3, Brotherhood, Liberation HD, and Revelations, Driver San Francisco, Far Cry 3, Ghost Recon, Future Soldier, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands, Rayman Legends, Silent Hunter 3, Space Junkie, Splinter Hell, Splinter Cell, Blacklist, and Zombie U. All of them are shutting down... They're online services. You want to play multi-game mu- multiplayer on these games on the PC? You are S-O-L. They're being they're being added to the decommissioned online services list as of September 1st, 2022. You can still play their single-player modes, but online multiplayer being Thanos snapped. Out of existence, it is gone. Well then, so now you know that Ubisoft does not value the legacy that they leave behind at all. They do not value leaving behind an archive for anyone to go ahead and play their back catalog at all. And that's apparently the message Ubisoft just wants to send. If you go ahead and purchase our games... Just be aware that eventually it will, in fact, be gone. And to be fair, you can say the same for a lot of other games as well. Like, I'm, fairly, I'm 99% certain if I fire up Roller 2, the online multiplayer modes are not going to function at all. I'm fairly certain those services are gone. I think the LAN functions should work. Oh, man, that'd be cool. A LAN party of, of some old CNC games? Ooh, I'm going to write this down as plans for the living room of new apartment. Hmm. Be a land center. But this is the message that Ubisoft is saying. And honestly, a lot of these games going ahead and using a centralized server for their multiplayer. I have always, it's always rubbed me the wrong way. Specifically because the online services will eventually end. They can't keep the servers up indefinitely, but here's the thing: a lot of these games are closing in on 10 years old. There was one of these; I can't remember which one it is right now. I think it's a No. 2070 is only three years old. No, never mind. That was 2011. I know one of these was only was it Space Junkies? That's only three years old. Yes, it's Space Junkies that's only been around since march 21st of 2019 like that's that's a hard sell that you want us to go ahead and buy in to these sort of games and then have services cut we're gonna take our break early here when we come back we have a lot more to discuss Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Now, while Ubisoft is trying to save costs by ending online support for many of its older games, the question then becomes, what is the future of gaming? Unfortunately, I don't like the answer. No one should like the answer. Because the unfortunate truth of the matter is that games like Diablo Immortal are quickly becoming the answer to many of these gaming companies for the future simply because although the majority look at a game like Diablo Immortal, the end game and how it is trying to go ahead and squeeze every drop out of you like some kind of casino but at the same time you know give you a 0% chance of getting anything in return they are finding enough people to get in and become suckered into the microtransaction hell that is Diablo Immortal that they are raking in one million dollars a day and considering that by all estimates and all calculations on how much money it would take to actually be competitive in Diablo Immortals Endgame being close to half a million dollars it's not surprising that they're finding enough suckers to buy into this because they only the unfortunate thing is that they only need to find a handful That's the sad truth about this. But to the degree that they are monetizing, to the degree that they are squeezing money out of people and the methodology they're using to do it, it comes off as predatory. It is literally exploiting a kind of gambling addiction that is in these people. And they are doing it to the tune of $1 million a day according to ars technica and ars technica is citing analysts from the firm app magic and mobile gamer biz and the worst part is it's believable now fortunately for Diab- for us we are seeing tons upon tons upon tons of people fleeing diablo immortal they got enough money from a lot of the bigger streamers that have a lot of disposable income to go ahead and prove a point, you, the Yasmin Golds, the Rich Campbells, the Josh hazes, the whatever the heck that uh, New Zealand, what is he, Quinn? I think the guy's name is. All those people who went ahead and dumped in a whole lot. I shouldn't actually put Josh Hazes in there. He bragged about the fact he spent $0. But all the people who went in and spent copious amounts of money to show just how hard it was to actually be competitive... And show show that Diablo Immortal is pretty much the textbook definition of pay to win. That it's literally impossible to even be remotely competitive without paying. Does it's showing? It's finally doing its work. Someone in chat says Xbox currently has a twenty five percent off free to play game sale. Let that sink in for a minute. Dude, 25% off on all your free-to-play games. Buy one, get one free on your free-to-play games. Do you now understand why I always am dreadful every single time any game talks about, oh yeah, it's free-to-play, and when you join in, you get all this kind of in-game free currency. You wanna know why they're offering you all that free in-game currency? This! freaking this! literally this exact reason is exactly why the in the end their goal is to get you in long enough to just start actually paying the free to some of the shop mechanics and whether it be something like a clash of clans where you are paying to make the game go faster because otherwise your building upgrade will take 2 weeks or whether it's something like diablo immortal or genshin impact Where you are going ahead and trying to get in to buy a loot box or buy a a power pack or or a rift to hopefully maybe get some big power. The goal is, in the end, to get you hooked just like you would in a casino and get you to keep plugging more quarters into that slot machine. Now... That also being said, and I know there's going to be some people that have opinions about this particular senator, but I am still waiting to hear about this interview, hopefully soon, between Twitch streamer Asmongold and Senator Ted Cruz, because I would love, underline, love to see this kind of blatant attempt by gaming companies to introduce gambling to literally all ages, even in states that are, that have gambling being completely illegal to kids and to adults. I'm just saying, like, let this thing in for a minute. My state, Wisconsin, you cannot set up a casino. You can't. It is a right that is reserved only for the Native American tribes within the, within the state of Wisconsin. And they have to go and negotiate deals with state government to go ahead and do so. You can only, you can only gamble at those places and only of a certain age. Oh yeah, and the state lottery. Th- thank, you, thank you, person in chat. That's the only way. Unless I fire up my phone and install Diablo Immortal, and then I can flush hundreds of thousands of dollars down the drain and win nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah, it's uh, not a good look. At all. Now, here's another thing that's not a good look. You remember how we've been talking about the staff walkouts at Blizzard and their protests of the working conditions within Blizzard and how impactful that all was? Activision Blizzard staff announces that there will be a walkout to protest the Roe v. Wade reversal on July 21st. For or against the opinion. My my stance on the whole thing is more complicated and more in-depth that I want to talk about on this podcast. But mostly I am against it. That all being said. Really? What kind of message does this send? Think. Think, you idiots. For a moment. The message this sends is that you're willing to walk out on the job... When the slightest thing that happens in the world does not meet your approval, whether it has to do with the company or not, you want to talk about the dumbest thing that you as a staff that has been abused by the current management of Blizzard for years, the worst thing you could do, it's this. It shows that you are literally not willing to work for any reason in the world. This literally... Everything they've done, everything they've risked coming out and blowing the whistle on what has been going on within Activision Blizzard means so, so much less because you're willing to walk out based on world events. Holy cow. This could quite possibly be the dumbest thing I could see them possibly do despite whether you're for the reversal or against the reversal it's irrelevant because now you've proven that oh i i got sexually harassed at work oh well also um i'm willing to go ahead and walk out because the court found a previous ruling made 50 years ago also silly i hope they don't do it i really do go ahead and voice your opinion literally any other way literally any other way Talk about it on Twitter. Go ahead and make a comment about it on some kind of live broadcast, giving an update about one of your games. Literally any other way. Because doing this is a literal disservice to everyone that has been harassed, traumatized, and in one case, committed suicide over the work conditions within Activision Blizzard. I cannot stress enough on how completely and utterly stupid this walkout plan for the July 1st actually is. Oh, have I said it enough? Idiots, literally undermining everything they could have possibly done. They're just, oh, there's just so many other ways you could go ahead and make a stand, make some kind of demonstration, literally anything. You could have made a line of cat girls and that would have been better. (laughs) Terrible segue, but uh, I want to shift gears from Activision Blizzard and serious topics to something a bit sillier. Like the fact that a literal cat girl army put up a border wall in Final Fantasy 14's role-playing server the moment that data center traveling was brought up. So, Final Fantasy 14, you could, at will, within the game, travel between the various worlds on a data center. This has been a thing for a while, but now they have made it so you can now travel from data center to data center. Basically, trying to blur the lines between, well, basically how much servers actually matter. In MMOs in general, if you want to go ahead and play with friends... You have to go talk with your friends and and say, like, hey, you know, I'm trying to think again, playing with you guys. Where are you guys at? I need to make sure I make a character on that server. This blurs the line significantly on how much that matters. Basically, now all that matters when you make a character on Final Fantasy XIV is which region. That's it. I am being very distracted right now by chat asking, is it cat girls or cat women? Or is it cat cat birthing people? I was trying to ignore the, stu- the silly conversation. <laughs> and then it broke me. Now all that really matters is, are you in the N.A. region? Are you in the European region? Are you in the Japanese region? Or are you on the one... Is it one? How many oceanic data centers are there? I actually don't remember, but there's now an oceanic region of which I'm pretty sure like almost everyone is still going to be like, I'm pretty sure everyone in Australia still visits the NA servers. By the by, um, I actually personally did see the quote cat girl army in the, um, in the actual game in person. It's nowhere near as impressive as it sounds. Because what a a lot of people will, or what a number of people will do is that they will have a bunch of accounts and use tools to go ahead and control all of them at once. And it's usually done for the purposes of holding an in-game band or an in-game concert or an in-game dance routine. That's pretty much what the Catgirl army was. Like, I'm pretty sure it was the Songbirds. It was Songbird 1, Songbird 2, Songbird 3 or something like that. And you, you could just tell just by looking at their names. They were, all the sa- they were all the same person. That's how they could all coordinate the fact that they're all wearing purple uratus coats and uh, the, the exact same spear. Oh, you no, know, the songbirds were the archers that eventually lined up behind them. I forgot who the cat girls were, but it was, all, it was clearly it was all one band. So it wasn't that impressive. What was very impressive, however, was the amount of rage and fervor launched by one billboard this stole the show from the final fantasy community on on tuesday on the day after the big 6.18 patch day the nightclub summer bash billboard so you know how i just said that a lot of people will go ahead and have multiple accounts to go ahead and hold like concerts and whatnot. Well, within the housing districts, it is not uncommon to also see concert halls and nightclubs also made. In fact, this particular FC, Rain, has one of the largest houses you can get. In fact, actually the largest house. It's the highest size house you can get in the entire game. And they built it as a nightclub. And then what they did is that they had the audacity... To make a poorly designed billboard and launch it in at least Austin and Houston, Texas. People are saying that they were also in other locations as well. Uh, There was no confirmation. And with an interview that was given by one one of the lead people in the actual FC, there were only two confirmed. There, people were saying there were two in, in Texas, two in California. Other people were saying there were four in Texas. There was a lot of pictures of one particular one, which is the one I'm currently showing on stream. You can see us broadcast, you can see us record this podcast live at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon, by the way, every Saturday. That was done by SignAd that mostly does physical and digital billboards. in... The Texas area. They then also had one other billboard done by Lamar that was in Austin. No other locations were confirmed. These were the only two. Trust me, I've been doing a lot of research on this because after these billboards went up, people took it upon themselves to do a very B-style raid on the Discord and spread as much well, Discord, as possible. Posing as moderators, putting out offensive messages, still trying to keep it as tame as possible to make it remotely believable. Trying to get accurate information on this whole story was an actual nightmare. Fortunately, the FC lead Axel, who would not give his last name in-game because he didn't want to get harassed, did have an interview with Asmongold, one of the bigger Twitch streamers out there. And we actually got a lot of very good information. And we're going to go over basically the cliff notes. But otherwise, if you want to see the whole interview, Asmongold does have a video on his YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash AsmongoldTV, where you can go see the interview in its entirety. I'm just going to go over like the first bit of it because there actually is a lot of information in it that actually shows kind of what was going through their head when they first put the... Let me first actually describe the billboard for the audio people. The billboard in like a kind of wacky Spongebob font in the middle says Rain Nightclub Presents Summer Bash. Under that, in the middle, it shows three logos of three different Twitch streamers who do DJ work on Final Fantasy 14 for DJ King and DJ Potato. Under that... In white font, they show Crystal, Balmung, Mist, Ward 23, Plot 5. This is all the information you would need within Final Fantasy 14 to find exactly where their nightclub is. And I have seen it. It is being occupied by a lot of people. You were able to go in and wo- roam around the house. They have since, last I checked, locked the front doors no one can enter. To the left of this block of text is a Viera, which is a tall bunny girl character within the game, wearing an outfit that has not been released in the game yet, but data miners have shown that this is going to be the summer outfit that is going to be introduced in the summer festival event that we should be seeing soon within the game, pointing her thumb back at the background behind her showing a beach. On the right-hand side, we see a we see male, dark-skinned character wearing a black tank top and jeans in the same sort of pose. Upper right-hand, we see Saturday, July 9th at 8 p.m. Central Time. They then also have text in the lower corners talking about the copyright for the Final Fantasy XIV and Square Enix, as well as the official Final Fantasy XIV logo, In the lower left-hand corner. Now, before we actually get to the interview, I just want to say this much. From a guy who actually runs a business, this is an awful billboard. It just is. The whole point of a billboard, from an advertising point of view, is to get your message off as quickly as possible. Because everyone is going to be driving by and only being able to view your billboard at a glance while traveling 70 miles an hour down the road. There's tons of text on this board. Someone corrected me and said they're they're in Texas. They're going 80 and 90. Even worse. Although if you're a trucker, you're probably going 62. Just because if you're a truck driver, I mean, the price of gas right now, you don't want to go more than 62 because you're then using more diesel than you have to. Someone in chat says that this is a website advertisement banner they did and tried to turn it into a billboard. I mean, it's true. From a billboard point of view, this is a very bad billboard. I can totally see web, tie, web, web ties, <laughs> website advertisement banner that was just uploaded to the billboard. But just look, if anyone else is going to do this sort of thing, less is more. Very much less is more. Now, other people in chat are talking about some of the other smaller technical details. We're going to cover that in an interview because I want to talk about what they're going to say. And then interject with what I know. So, I wanna first stress what I have written down here from the interview is not word for word. There are some words that I have changed, mostly just out of I'm trying to re jot this down as quickly as possible. And also because it was a very spontaneous Discord call while Asmongold was live, they didn't like equalize everything out. So, this is not a verbatim interview. But, it, it, but, it, but I did go through, re-hear, re-hear to make sure that I am jotting down the basic gist of what is being said. The interview starts as follows. From Asmund. When did the advertising start? Axel. And before all this, they introduced Axel as the FC lead. Axel. The billboards went up Sunday. We didn't expect it to go outside of the FF14 community. While we are a not-safe-for-work club the beach event was going to be 100% safe for work. Let me interject. If you didn't expect this to go outside of FF14, why? Why on, what would possess you to go ahead and put your advertisement on a billboard? If you're putting an advertisement on a billboard, your target audience is literally everyone who can be in a car. Quite possibly billboard advertisement is the only advertisement left that you are guaranteed to get a very broad audience. Anything else you do, TV advertisements, online web streaming advertisements, banner ads on Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Those are all targeted for a specific demographic. A billboard? There ain't no no targeting there at all. There ain't no focusing. It is just there. The interview continues. Asmund Gold. So you are an e- ERP club, but there was going to be no ERP at the event. Axel, right. Asmund. So, what do you have to say to those who say that this event is a gateway to the ERP your club normally has? I should probably also state at this point what ERP actually is. ERP is short for erotic role playing. This ends my description of it. You can figure everything out from there. The interview continues. Axel. So I would say that they don't have to join our Discord. I would say all of our ERP stuff isn't like out in the open. It's just hidden in in the back. Look, all we want is for people to come to our club and have a good time. And I would say the same is true for almost all clubs in Final Fantasy XIV. If any ERP is requested, we make sure that it's private and in the back. And our Discord, we use not safe for work tags. So, you know, going in. Our moderators make sure that that is the case regularly by cleaning up the other channels. Let me interject for a minute. It's one thing to say that you want this event to be safe for work, but when one of the biggest pieces of text is the Discord server and you have not safe for work channels blatantly on there, it is hard for you to say that this event even if that is what you're doing, that it is 100% safe for work, there is no courtesans, there's there's no one, you know, doing anything weird like that, it is hard for you to then say that everything's on the up and up, everything's fine. It kind of shoots your whole, this is a safe for work event in the foot. What they should have done, what they should have done... Is put a website link there, not the Discord link front and center. The the interview continues. Asmund, how much did it cost? This is referring to the price of the billboards. Axel, so it was on a daily rental. The one in Houston was $50 a day. The one in Austin was $160 a day. So $210 total per day. Asmund, where did the $17,000 total come from? Axel, I think people just assumed and overinflated it, assuming billboards were big company advertising. So the numbers are just bigger. If you Google billboard prices you, and you see a billboard on the, the, near the London Bridge is $15,000, we think that's where some of the assumptions came from. Let me interject. Where it came from, because I actually ended up doing this whole thing. So It didn't make sense. For a digital advertisement board to be $17,000. Like I said, for my own work, we do have to look at how much we spend on advertising, which in our case is very little, mostly because times are really tight right now. $17,000 for a billboard did not make sense because an advertising slot on the radio isn't even that much. It's not even close. A month slot on one of the biggest radio stations in our area is $900 during prime time, three reads for the month. Now, a billboard's cost can get really high if it's what's referred to as a static billboard. There are two kinds of billboards out there nowadays. There are static billboards, meaning that it is just one giant piece of metal that you print your giant 20-foot by 100-foot advertisement, and then a guy goes out there and basically glues it to the actual billboard, that can get very expensive. That can be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. A digital one, because there is not the effort ha- of having to print the canvas and having to hire people to go out there, haul your giant freaking... How, how much did I say? What was that? A 2,000 square foot tarp and have it glued onto a billboard? Because you don't have that cost associate, a digital one gets way less expensive. $210 to have it on a digital one? That's not bad. And keep in mind with a digital board, the other reason why it's so cheap is a digital one will swap between several billboards throughout the day. Like you've probably seen them for like 30 seconds. They show one billboard. Then 30 seconds later, they shift to another one. Then 30 seconds later, they shift to another one. And just go through a cycle like that. So $50 a day to be on something like that. I could see that. In like an area that's not too far out there. Someone in chat says, so like a screensaver. Kind of, yeah, actually. That's the kind they got. They were on a digital billboard. And by the by, I remember they, I, for whatever reason I missed it when I wrote down the transcribing. They mentioned very briefly that these were the only two they had up. And that they're all taken down now. Again, I have no idea where this confirmation of ones in California came from. As far as I can tell, they never had them. But yeah, that's why they're so cheap. And I'm not going to lie, $50 a day. Just like in Houston to just say twitch.tv slash Falcon, you know? Hmm. Hmm. I'm just saying. That's not bad. <laughs> Getting back to the to the interview. Asmongold. Was the pose on the billboard made with third party tools. Alex, the pose itself is just a freeze frame or a G pose of the thumbs up emote. The outfit is currently in the game, but it's not out yet. We just use the link from the outfit in the game and the try on feature to get it into G pose. (laughs) Let me interject. That, that is some risky logic there you just used. To try and justify your use to it. The other thing is that when this first came out, I wasn't sure if they knew it was a data mined outfit. This confirms they knew. They knew that this was an unreleased outfit. But in their their own twisted logic, they assumed this was fine. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's not fine. Not at all. This can seriously get you into some trouble. The interview continues. From Asmongold, so you're saying it's not against TOS because... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Do I have it right? No, I did skip one. From Asmongold, is it against the TOS to link the outfit that's not released yet? Axel, I don't think so. It is Square's assets, and they are in the game. They just aren't out yet. Once people have the link, anyone can try it on. I did note in there that his tone was unsure. Then Asmongold went, but is it against TOS to link the outfit? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the same question. I am losing my spot here. Asmongold said, so you're saying it's not against TOS because the intent isn't traceable. Meaning that, you know, are you just trying it on for the sake of trying it on or are you actually trying to, like, make promotional material with it? Axel, it's kind of a gray area. And Square says on their media sites that you can use their assets. Asmongold, so if someone spanned the link for the unreleased outfit and trade, what do you think Square would do? Axel, well, well, the streamer outfit that was being linked around for a month before it was released, they, we didn't see any action taken on that, so it should be okay. So let me interject. I don't know what, what specifically they're talking about about the streamer outfit. I'm assuming this was before my time in FF14, that there was some kind of data mining kerfuffle with that. So, someone else might know what they're talking about, but this, this kind of goes to a point I've said before that the actions you take do matter so like for example in the ragnarok online community gravity is only just now trying to crack down on ragnarok online private servers despite the fact they have done nothing about them for over 17 years and this is actually going to play a big role if any of the private servers are being shut down right now actually try to fight back against Gravity, Because gravity has not taken any action for so long, it sets a precedent. If you don't defend your copyright for this amount of time and aren't consistent with your behavior, at least here in the States, you lose the right to defend that copyright in that manner. Because now it's just inconsistent. Whoops. Back to the interview. Gold. So back to third-party tools. Were any used to make this picture now this was actually a big issue when this billboard first came out the fact that the g-posing community and the role-playing community it's kind of been an unspoken rule not to talk about a lot of the tools that's used for the g-posing community you don't really talk about g-shade all that much you don't talk about like anament and some of the other tools that are used to like try on different outfits that you normally don't have access to to reposition various limbs and joints within the character to go ahead and make new poses that normally don't exist within the game. You don't really talk about that sort of stuff, specifically because they are third-party tools. And in Square Enix's EULA, they have said third-party tools are not allowed, period. And in the past, Yoshi P., the primary director of the game... In fact, I shouldn't say primary director, the director of the game has said third-party tools are not allowed, but we do not have the ability to scan your computer for said tools, nor do we have any intention on on changing that. But if we catch you using third-party tools to cheat for whatever reason, action will be taken. So that's kind of set up the whole thing regarding third-party tools. Is a don't ask, don't tell mentality, so that's kind of gotta you know hold up here as well. The interview continues, Axel. So basically, all of our pictures are screenshots and then taken into Photoshop. Well, we didn't take the screenshots; our photographers did, and then they put some lay- they put in, they put on layers upon layers in Photoshop to make them look real good. Let me interject. Ah, I see. It's all Photoshop. It's not G-Shade or Animenthous or anything like that. It's, it's all Photoshop. It's Photoshop. By the way, those are the only tools that I know. I'm sure there's a lot more for a lot more naughty things. I don't know, though. I'm, I'm not all that familiar with the G-Shade community, to be perfectly honest. Or g- the G-Shade community. The G-Posing community, to be perfectly honest. But what a convenient excuse. It, it's, it's all Photoshop. That being said, I do believe they used Photoshop or GIMP to put on, you know, the text, the logo, the date, everyone else's logos, and all all that. Shout out to that motorcycle that drove by. That was louder than my AC unit. Good job. It's been a while since we had a motorcycle drive by that was loud enough to be picked up by by the mic's noise gate. It was impressive. Anyway, what a convenient excuse, Photoshop. And of course... It's the photographers that did it, so we, we don't know what they did. Uh-huh. Gold, so you don't know what they used. Axel, I assume they used something like G-Shade or something. Asmund, but it's still nothing like raid callouts or any kind of third-party tools or like that. Axel, yeah, it's just cosmetics. We wanted to make sure that we weren't violating the terms of service. There were tons of mods we could use. But we don't. We wanted to make sure that all assets we used were actually in the game. So let me interject for a minute. The problem is that by using tools like Animanthus and whatnot, you are still technically violating the TOS. You have actively gone in and now admitted that you have data mined for the outfit. That is also against TOS. You can go ahead and say, oh, don't worry. We used all in-game assets. But you had to data mine to get that particular in-game asset for a team that supposedly w- thought long and hard about the TOS. There's quite a few areas where they came up one can short of a six-pack for sure. The interview continues. Asmin, let's just cut to the chase. There's no way to tell if it was if if it was in Photoshop or with third-party tools. And you can't say because you either don't know or just won't say. With that said, is this billboard within terms of service? And that's kind of the big question, isn't it? Because, of course, the biggest thing that is in question is the Final Fantasy logo. All right. Now, in my understanding of how almost every outlet treats their IP like their game logo... The answer is almost 100% for sure no. The instant you use their logo, modifying it or otherwise, you are violating their terms of service. It's just the truth. Which makes their response very interesting. The interview continues. Axel, there are guidelines on third party shared media sites that like psych sp- specific p- portions of the terms of service that say where certain copyright text must be displayed if you are using the logo or in-game assets. Everyone assumed that because we have the logo, we are trying to pass it off as an official Final Fantasy XIV event. This is not the case. We are simply giving credit to Square Enix's assets. I will be perfectly honest. Because they have not provided these specific sections, I have to say they might be in the wrong here. If you showed me exactly where these bylaws are in the terms of service, I'd say, okay, you have a good point. The lack of evidence, just like with everyone saying that the, there's like four, six, eight, twelve 12 of these billboards between Texas and California, but refuse to pro- provide evidence of them. That doesn't exactly help their case. That doesn't help to prove that those are real, okay? Now here's the thing with copyright. If I go ahead and use, let's actually use a much more different example. Let's say I use the Twitch logo. I use the Twitch logo to promote my stream on Twitch. Just by using the Twitch logo, that's not inherently illegal. It is up to the copyright holder how they wish to proceed. More than likely, and Twitch has made this known in several different times, using the Twitch logo, despite the fact that it is a copyright logo, is allowed to promote the stream, specifically my stream in this case, because Twitch says it is, and they hold the copyright and how it can be used. What Rain is saying could be correct. It could quite possibly be that Square has made a carve-out specifically for giving credit to their assets used for non-commercial promoted material. And that's what they're trying to claim here, that this is a non-commercial promoted advertisement for a free event within Final Fantasy 14. I'd like to see this claim, though. I'd like to see where, in the terms of service, it says this, or where this site is that says it is okay if you do specifically this, 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 and this. Now, Square, of course, hasn't said anything because right now Business Unit 3, the people in charge of Final Fantasy 14, have much better things to do with their lives right now. Like say, oh, I don't know, keeping everything together in the world travel system because it is an absolute mess. And they're having way more demand using the, the data center travel system than they anticipated. How they didn't anticipate this usage is beyond me. But they're currently trying to solve that. So they don't have time to deal with a handful of clowns putting up a billboard. I also suspect they probably won't take action at all because the billboards are already down. What are they going to do? Cease, send a cease and desist for the thing they already ceased and desisted? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is possible that they are in the right of using the logo. They are 100% not in the right for using that outfit. 100% they are not. That much is 100% for certain. Now that it is confirmed that they did know exactly what they were doing. But I still want to see the actual part of Square Enix's language that says that it is okay to use their logo if it's in this position and includes this text. Anyway, the interview is not over yet, by the way. There's still more, at least of what I've taken. Because there's one big, big question that is then brought up. Gold. So what about the pornography? Axel, What? Asmongold. That that you can't show pornography. Axel. We didn't. Asmund. But you have a Discord link. Axel. Yeah? Asmund. And it leads to not safe for work channels where pornography is posted. Axel. Okay, yeah, but if you put your Twitter link on your advertisement and there's porn on Twitter, are you responsible for the porn on Twitter? Let me interject! Because they dropped the subject. I won't. Well actually they didn't drop this, they just changed directions. There's a huge difference between Twitter and Discord. On Twitter, you have no control over it. You have no control in Twitter what other people see. You only have control on Twitter with what you see. If you're seeing a whole bunch of smut in your Twitter timeline, it is because you haven't gone through and right-clicked the thing and said, I don't wanna see this again. You can use this tool to moderate your own Twitter feed. You are correct. I cannot control what other people see if you were to say go to twitter.com slash eagle double underscore falcon. All, all you'd see, though, is my posts, which is either A, notification saying I'm going live, B, updates about the stream, or C, my dumb ramblings or clips. I can control that. But if you see, like, oh, recommend it for you, and it shows, you know... S- straight up smut and nudity or whatever I have no control over that. None. Zip. Zero. Nada. Unless I like or retweet something. But I'm not gonna like or retweet nudity. Cause my channel cause my twitter feed's a gaming channel. So it'd be counterproductive for me to go off topic. On your discord server on the other hand you are 100% in power. You have a moderator team that can go in and control what is, and, or what, what isn't posted, whether something that is posted shouldn't be there at all, you can delete posts, you are in complete control. And it once again goes back to what I said before, that one of the biggest failures that this nightclub had, or this virtual nightclub had, was putting their Discord link front and center. They absolutely, 100%, should not have done that that was by far the dumbest thing they did in this whole thing because even if even if it's true even if they are in fact trying to hold a safe for work event that there is no ludity or anything going on at this at this summer beach bla- bash or whatever that's fine but you're doing a poor job of saying that it's only going to be that when your discord server does have not-safe-for-work posts driven by your community. But while we're on that same subject, riddle me this. They have a Discord vanity link. They, in fact, had a public Discord. That is one of the main ways you get a Discord vanity link. Are you aware that one of Discord's rules for having a public Discord server is that you cannot have any type of not-safe-for-work content on the server i'm just saying might be against discord's terms of service there you know those terms of services that you and your staff publicly on twitter said that uh we totally read the tos and everything we're doing is fine yeah the interview continues so and this is from asmund so if square enix went to your discord saw the not safe for work channel what would their response be axel I would expect cease and desist. Yeah, I would expect a cease and desist with a strong tone. And if they asked for any info, we would provide it. Asmund. S- so they wouldn't have liked it. Axel. Well, yeah, but it's not their platform. They aren't the o- we aren't the only outfit out there doing it. Let me interject. Yeah, it's not their platform, but it's also against Discord's terms of service. Oh! Oh... <laughs> uh. The interview continues. Asmund, so what you're saying is because you aren't the only ones doing it, it's fine. Axel, well, no, we don't want to run on the because everyone's doing it, it's okay. That's not fair. We take, we, look, we painted a target on our backs. We just wanted to make an event. The interview continues on, but at that point, I decided that this was just going a bit more into minor details in the whole thing. I saw pretty much everything. I needed to, otherwise the whole podcast would be this. Here's what I see. There is a phrase used by a talk show host in my area. And it actually is a, it explains a lot in the world. Rationalization is the second strongest human drive. This whole thing by the staff of Rain Nightclub is proof that rationalization is the second strongest human drive they saw what they wanted to see they uh, they do have a point on some things all right a lot of the flack they got is undeserving like there is a decent chance the ff14 community is going to flame and rage rain nightclub out of existence which honestly isn't fair to rain because a lot of what people are saying they did wrong is incorrect but Rain is still in the wrong. They still did actively data mine to get an outfit on a promotional board that they shouldn't have. And honestly, I think that was a stupid mistake. They could have just as easily used last year's or well the years before, and it still would have looked amazing and not and they could have just avoided the gray ground entirely by just making that decision. I don't know. They could have also just in by going ahead and trying something that's never been done before. They should have been prepared and they weren't. Apparently, a lot of their staff wasn't informed that this was going to happen. They should have informed their staff and they should have had meetings upon meetings about doing something like this before actually doing it. So that all potential problems could have been brought forward, like the fact they have a terrible billboard. Now, what's the end result going to be? At the time of recording this, their event has not happened yet. I do intend to actually have a character parked down there to actually see how this goes. I imagine the overwhelming majority of people there are not going to be there to have a good time. I imagine a lot of the people there are going to be to crash the party and make it as miserable for people as possible. Because that's now just the kind of flack they have drawn. That is what I expect. I think they had good intentions, but they did not think this through very well at all. If their intent was in fact to only broadcast to Final Fantasy XIV players, they did a terrible job. But they did do one thing. They got the word out. They got everyone talking about it. They got news article after news article after news article talking about how all of Final Fantasy XIV... Hates this group of 15 people. Yeah, their FC is only 15 people, by the way. To be fair, they most likely have staff and members that are not in their FC. So it actually is probably bigger than that. But guess what? Everyone in the entire North American region can now go over there and see just what kind of nightmare is going to unfold as a result of this. I do suspect there has been rumors and word spreading around that two people from the FC were placed under a 10-day suspension, I strongly suspect if that is the case, that's all that's going to happen. I only expect a temporary suspension because the boards are now down. And it will go down in gaming history as the clowns who went ahead and bought a billboard to advertise a virtual concert. We're going to take a break here and we come back. I want to talk about how all of Canada (laughs) lost a good chunk of internet. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so... All of Canada had uh, quite the problem that came up, all thanks to the Rogers ISP. So, in Canada, there are four major ISPs, Rogers being one of the bigger ones. I am not going to pretend that I know the other three, nor am I going to pretend that I know how big Rogers is, mostly because. My state is the shape of a glove and we only like remotely close to Canada. And apparently, and apparently Tim Hortons is better than Dunkin Donuts, except not really because Tim Hortons is a shell of what it used to be. And also that it's a crime that I haven't tried poutine. This ends the things I know about Canada. Oh yeah. And Linus is there, but apparently Rogers, the ISP is had such a, had a day long outage that pretty much affected millions or rather actually affected the entire blasted nation because almost every credit card processor in Canada uses Rogers as the backbone of their infrastructure. So almost every single store out there that uses, I'm sorry, not credit card processes, Debit processes, one of, one of our Canadian uh, uh, viewers that's in our chat right now is correcting me, which is fair because it wasn't directly affected. I'm only hearing it third hand. Coast to coast, no debit transactions could occur. Some reports are even saying that certain infrastructures such as border crossings, customs, and whatnot couldn't communicate to each other because of the outage as well. And it was just one giant nightmare for the nation. I mean, how else would they get, get on to Final Fantasy 14 and be able to check out the Ray Nightclub? It's still incredible that not only did this outage happen, but that a lot of these systems really didn't have a backup. You know that whole, the cloud is too big to fail. Google, it, just trust in Google, the Google cloud can never fail. This is a reminder that, hey, by the way, yes it can! Nothing in the internet is foolproof. Nothing is too big to fail, and no matter how many fail-safes you got, your fail-safe of a fail-safe of a fail-safe can, in fact, fail. People in chat are wondering how the heck could infrastructure this vital not have, not have had multiple ISPs as a backup yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering even my stream has a backup if my internet goes out which it did once just a couple days ago I do have the backup of just being able to hook up my phone and still continue streaming unfortunately I found out that in my apartment uh, my cell signal is exactly hot garbage so uh, that's not a great plan anymore might need to rethink that so this was kind of an eye-opening moment for much of Canada. All right. I was actually starting to get worried as I rambled on for way too long that we weren't going to get to this one. The EU has approved some major legislation that is going to uh, really tick off our lizard overlords over at Meta and our, I wouldn't call them lizard overlords. What would you say the people of Apple more are? Annoyed? Karen's just obnoxious. I don't know. Like, we, like we can all agree that the, that the people who work at Facebook and meta are in fact, actual lizard people, right? I'm fairly certain that anyway, stupid comments aside, the European union has in fact passed the DMA, the digital markets act and the digital services act or the DSA, which basically, and I'm just reading Mac rumors article pretty much verbatim on these points. Cause they did a far better job of uh, getting these bullet points than I could. It goes as follows under the DMA gatekeepers being people who actually run major platforms must do the following allow users to install apps from third party app stores or sideload directly from the internet allow developers to offer third pay- third party payment systems in apps and promote offers outside the gatekeeper platforms allow developers to integrate their apps and digital services directly with those belonging to a gatekeeper. This includes making messaging, voice calling, and voice calling services inoperable. I'm sorry, interoperable. I think I made the same speech problem when I talked about the on the early bird briefing as well. Interoperable, meaning that it works with with third-party services upon request. Give developers access to any hardware features such as near-field communication, I'm sorry, yeah, near-field communication technology, ensure elements and processors, authentication mechanisms, and the software used to control those technologies. Ensure that all apps are uninstallable and give users the ability to unsubscribe from core platform services under similar circumstances and, I'm sorry, under similar conditions and subscriptions. Let me interject for a minute. I cannot stress enough how annoyed I am that on previous phones I've had that you cannot uninstall Facebook. I'm sure there's other system apps on, oh, Global Goals. I actually want to uninstall Global Goals on my phone, but I haven't tried to. Can I actually uninstall it? Oh, I can. Okay. But you know what I'm talking about, right? There are a lot of Android phones that the carrier installs certain apps as system apps because they're paid, paid to do so. It is obnoxious, it is annoying, and I hate it. It is far worse than getting a pre-built system from Best Buy and, and seeing McAfee on there and having to uninstall it. Imagine if you bought a pre-built system from Best Buy, it came with McAfee, and you couldn't uninstall it. You'd be ticked, but guess what? That's the world mobile has had for a while. And people have just been boiling frogged into accepting it. Anyway, the article continues. The DMA would also require gatekeepers to give users the option to change their default voice assistant to a third option. A third party option, I'm sorry. Share data and metrics with developers and competitors, including marketing and advertising performance data. Set up an independent compliance function group to monitor its compliance with EU legislation and with an independent senior management and sufficient authority, research and access to management, and inform the European Commission of their mergers and acquisitions. Now, there's portions of this I of, of this whole thing I like and some I don't. I do think keeping the European co- Commission informed of all mergers and acquisitions is a step too far. I do think that. Um, Requiring gatekeepers that they have to promote offers outside of the gatekeepers platform a little, um, excessive, but you know, not only am I not the European union legislator, but I'm not even in the European union or European anything. So my opinion literally affects almost nothing in this regard, but that's just one. That's just the DMA. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's even more to the DMA because the next section also says that the DMA also seeks to ensure that gatekeepers can no longer pre-install certain software applications that require the user to, that requires users to use any important default software services such as web browsers, require app developers to use a cert, use certain services or frameworks, including browser engines, payment systems, identity, Identity providers to be listed in app stores. Give their own products, apps, or services, preferential treatment, or rank them higher than others. Reuse private data collected during a service for the purposes of another service. Establish unfair conditions for business users. Yeah, this is all kind of... This is not going to make Apple and Google happy, to say the least. Now, the DSA is going to be more for policing internet for illegal content, which has also been approved by that, but I don't have those here. The DMA is the one that's going to be the much bigger deal when push comes to shove. I guarantee you that uh, you're not going to see the effects of this yet. I guarantee you that Apple and Google are both going to be suing the European Union. 100%. 100%. I don't know if we're going to see the effects of this over here across the pond, but for now, all we can do is wait and see how this all goes down. Now, of course, you might be wondering, well, isn't this all a bit too excessive? I mean, it's not like these companies do anything really shady, right? I mean, there's this, there's this whole thing. There's that whole thing. I mean, Facebook is run by a literal lizard person called Mark Zuckerberg, who honestly, we might fear if it weren't for the fact that he really looks like a really bad lizard person. But I mean, like, these companies wouldn't do anything too sketchy, right? Right? Yeah, Google is going to be shuffling its ad businesses from Google to Alphabet. So now, instead of referring, now instead of Google AdSense reporting directly to Google CEO, now... They report to Alphabet CEO, who then reports to Google CEO for that kind of communication, adding that additional barrier of communication, and thus everything is okay. The fact that the Alphabet CEO and the Google CEO are the same person is beyond the point. So everything's fine. Just going to let that sink in for a minute there. Isn't it great? Isn't it just great? Are you kidding me? wow i just wow you can't make this up yeah that's that's if this actually avoids the 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 department of justice's lawsuit then holy cow we need a new department of justice i mean i'm not too fond of like most of the federal administration right now because they are uh they are special right now that being said holy cow Holy cow, you can't make it up. Someone in chat asked, why is Alphabet and Google divided? So Google got big enough and they wanted to like restructure themselves. So basically what they did, Google did a ton of uh, stuff before. So what they did is that Google then formed the company Alphabet and then made it so that Google was a sub company of Alphabet. And then all these other ones, Waze, um, Nest and YouTube and all of these are companies owned by Alphabet instead of being divisions of Google. And this is done just both as a simplicity measure for managing itself and also to try and justify itself to not need to be investigated for anti-monopoly laws. But their problem here is the fact that the Google CEO is the exact same person as the alphabet CEO, so I had that ex- extra step of Google Adsense reporting to Alphabet before reporting to Google literally means exactly nothing except for just looking better on paper. That's it. I'm not even kidding. that's literally the only difference. But then again, all this restructuring, all this organization doesn't really help concerning the fact that um. That YouTube has a problem. I know. Breaking news. YouTube has a problem, right? Well, you remember all that, all that long ago when um, when if your video, w- had, your video had to be marked for children or else it was in violation of a law that was finally being brought up to YouTube? Well, now YouTube is automatically flagging videos that were flagged as for children as being flagged as not for children and vice versa. Actually, mostly vice versa, which is a problem. In fact, certain videos that were, you know, horror videos, but based on kids characters that were known were marked automatically by YouTube as for kids. I want you to imagine that for a minute. Imagine if all of a sudden one day, the horror series that scarred you as an adult, don't hug me, I'm scared, suddenly got approved. And marked as for kids. Only good things can come of this. You can't see it on the audio version, but I am shaking my head. Woo! Yeah, very much uh, no bueno. Not good. Not good in the least. The fact that it even got... The now, this is something that YouTube has now supposedly fixed. And they very much have to because uh, this can lead to very legal problems between the FCC and YouTube. As well as many other problems, like all of a sudden seeing horror films on your YouTube kids app. So fortunately, it is being fixed. In other being fixed news, Apple is introducing a new security feature. This security feature is... How do I phrase it? It is hilarious. It is absolutely, completely and utterly hilarious. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Lockdown Mode. Lockdown Mode is a feature now provided on iPhones from Apple that will strongly restrict the function of your iPhone in case your iPhone is targeted by a very targeted malware attack. Like, this is not a feature for the average user, by the way. There is no reason you as random person reading or listening to this podcast, would ever need lockdown mode. Every single time I have talked to, I've talked about things like Meltdown, Spectre, and all those sort of things. These are exploits that are never going to be targeted for the average person. They are only going to be targeted at big data centers. You know what this feature is for? This feature is for leaders of countries. This is for... security departments of government. What this is for? This is to convince big government contractors that you know how you've been using blackberries for the longest time and now blackberries and around use iPhones. That is literally what this is. This is Apple trying to go for the old Blackberry market. This is trying to go for the government contractor market. <laughs> Someone in chat asked is the CIA counted as malware as a civilian of the United States I cannot answer this question I plead the fifth I plead the fifth on answering this question I feel answering this question is gonna self-incriminate myself however I do have good news for the masses are you ready for this ladies and gentlemen you do not need a Facebook account to log into your quest device you don't need to, you don't need to make a Facebook account anymore. You can just use the cheapest and most mainstream VR headset without tying in your personal identity to it. You don't have to do that anymore. I don't, I, I don't need to sign up for the Facebook cult anymore to use VR. All I have to do is make a meta account instead. Oh, that's so much better. Oh, uh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. So yeah now instead of just using a facebook account you just need to make a different account run by the same sketchy company run by an actual lizard person to still use nothing's changed (laughs) literally nothing has changed this is only the full stupid people It, it, it is impressive to what degree metal will go to to just make you think that Meta is not Meta. That Meta is not Facebook, and that Facebook is not Facebook, and Mark Zuckerberg definitely will not want to steal your personality so that he can become more human than Lizard. It is just incredible. Uh, But you know, there's some good news. We have some information on the next, on Meta's next VR headset, and it might be called the Quest Pro. Great news, right? We could have the Quest Pro headset. I'm sorry, I need to move away from this article. That, that, that creepy face of Zuckerberg staring directly in, into my very existence. Uh, I, 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 f- I feel like he is actually uh, stealing my soul. But yeah, great news. The Quest Pro might be a thing. In actual great news, Meta is shutting down its digital wallet. Yay! Another death blow to cryptocurrency that no one asked for. Yeah, by the way, not gonna lie, I totally forgot that uh, Facebook, I mean Meta, had a digital wallet called Novi, but now it's being shut down. It's okay, crypto bros. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. We can rehabilitate you. We can get you to stop caring about crypto. It's for your own good. The fact that Facebook wanted to get into cryptocurrency really should have been the first red flag that only scammers and scammers actually really want to push cryptocurrency, and that the rest of you really are just brainwashed fools that basically have the same sort of problem that players of Diablo Immortal have. It's, it's okay, it's okay. We can, we, we can fix you now. Let's just let it go. This is the first step in your rehabilitation. It is all okay. It's all okay now. But that brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you a sign that every single computer component in your computer is gonna be running way too hot. Ladies and gentlemen, the dumbest thing to ever blight the planet, a tower cooler for your M.2 SSD. I am dead serious. This is a real thing that exists. A massive, passive, not really passive, but active cooler that sits higher than the stock CPU cooler that you get in the box for your solid state drive. All right, let's just skip the steps. All right, let's let's just skip the tower cooler for the for the for the frickin CPU. Let's skip the tower cooler for the M.2 drive, let's just skip all the little passive heat sinks all over the motherboard. Let's just skip, you know, the active cooler on your SSD. Just give me one giant milled aluminum block. Just give me one giant aluminum block. Let's just make one giant tower cooler for the entire blasted computer and just attach that. Cause at the rate we're going, we're going to have a literal freaking cityscape of tower coolers. Inside the computer chassis for things like these crazy high-end SSDs, the, the, your freaking 600-watt GPUs, your freaking your frickin RAM that now has the power delivery directly on it, your CPU that can draw upwards of 300 watts, depending if you get it. I mean, look, if we're just going to go ahead and make the inside of our case look like sh- look like the Chicago Skyline, let's just make one giant tower cooler for it all. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, The Early Burr Briefing, which airs every single morning, 4 a.m. at anchor.fm/slash early B-I-R-B briefing. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv/slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Actually, just going ahead and air cooling all this seems ridiculous. Let's just go full steampunk, all right? Let's just go get copper tubing. Let's just go ahead. Let's water cool the CPU. Let's water cool the GPU, especially since the new... Our NVIDIA four thousand series are gonna take six hundred watts anyway. If the SSD needs water, needs cooling, let's just water cool that as well. Let's water cool the RAM as well, just for funsies. I mean, let's just go ahead. Let's just get copper tubing freaking everywhere. We can make the coolest steampunk build ever. And on top of that, with how hot this stuff's running, you're probably gonna end up with actual steam at this rate. While people in chat are linking some of the craziest air coolers for CPUs so far like the thermosiphon cooler that is a dual freaking one and then also oh god this we have the world's biggest CPU cooler that is just straight up one giant passive CPU cooler and the worst part is I, I've seen these I've seen these before too <laughs> they've been showcased on Linus Tech Tips oh man computer cooling man it is going to be an art form soon of course at that point you know we'll be all on arm and then the art of, C- of computer cooling will just be a thing of the past